Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Investigative Economics Podcast. I'm your host, Llewellyn Jones. Today's episode, it's all things about DC crime and prosecution. As uh, you may, if folks may know, uh, if you're in the DC area, you may not also have heard it uh, outside of DC, but that uh, the prosecution rates in DC are at sort of historic lows. Um, there's been a lot of attention paid to this. It's not just investigative economics, but uh, local news has been covering it. Um, there's this other uh, substack in DC, uh, DC Crime Facts, that's been all over this uh, topic. Uh, investigative economics was pretty early to, to talk about it, uh, but more importantly, we got into some details that are not in other places. So the general overview is that, yeah, that prosecution rates for crime in D.C. are at historic lows. Uh, I think the, 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 most, the most recent number is that it was at 33 percent in 2022, and that was in a local, the local CBS affiliate, WUSA. That was the number they're using. I think they were I'm curious if they're talking about like conviction rates or, uh, you know, how many cases were brought to trial so there's a little detail to that. This, that's a sort of legal statistics minutia, but um, we'll get into all of that. Um, so, you know, and it's, it, this is a sort of a perfect uh, story for the podcast because what we like to do on investigative economics is that I like to keep the stories on the site short and sweet, that uh, a lot of times the, the topics are wonky. There's a lot of data, a lot of numbers. And if the stories get too long and too hairy, I'd like to sort of like dive into all the uh, the hairy details of every possible industry and that, that sort of thing. But I think for it to be to be readable, to be digestible, it's good to be short and sweet. But then what happens is that sometimes the, the, the full breadth of the topic doesn't get covered. So we have multiple stories, which I think is fine. But when we have a, a number of stories... It uh, seems like apt to have a, a podcast episode about it to wrap it all up together and also sort of figure out exactly what's going on. That um, I, the, the stories on the site are mainly kept to ju- just the facts uh, and it's, it's journalism and that the podcast is there, there to sort of like wonder about what's in between. Like what, what can't we sort of answer with, uh, you know, research and numbers and and sources and things like that and this is uh, this this topic is sort of perfect for that because so you know sort of backing up a little bit is that prosecution rates started declining back uh, beginning around 2010 uh, it didn't start to get any attention until the last few years um, and that what what exactly is what's causing that? Like, it's sort of DC crime facts is sort of just saying that you know the the prosecutor for DC is just not they don't want to bring cases, and they're letting crime go go rampant. Um, and you'll see a lot of stories about DC crime in DC going crazy, particularly um, the carjacking stuff. Um, being in DC, being you know uh, a, a son of DC here, I mean I. It's it's always hard to say like what it's it's totally like because um, even when you're living in the city in uh, in the heart of it you don't necessarily see everything that's happening like I only see like what's sort of immediately around where I where I am and I'm not necessarily traveling the city on a day to day basis so uh, but you know it definitely has there's there's some issues <laughs> you, you'll see the big one I see is that. Uh, this is a pretty hilarious one, was that um, 
the CVS stores, uh, you know, they're being robbed. I think like San Francisco's got this problem that people are just like going into the store and with a garbage bag and just dumping stuff in the garbage bag and walking out that, you know, maybe some people working at the store are going to put up a fuss or try to stop them, but most aren't really going to risk their lives or, you know, get in a fight over, uh, some, some, some theft. Um, and these guys, and they, they're just taking tons and tons of things out of these stores. And not only that, uh, people are setting up little, uh, you know, informal shops on street corners just filled with all the stuff stolen from CVS. I, you know, you don't know that for sure, but it really looks like it. it's just like it's detergent and, you know, cough medicine and things like that. And now the CVSs are putting everything under lock and key in these in these locations. Like I, the one I went to nearby, it had batteries uh, under lock and key that, uh, you know, just uh, everything. Not not everything, everything, but most things. And that, like the one on H Street here uh, got a lot of attention for. They had just pictures of the items for sale uh, and that you just had to ask a uh, person at the desk to, you know, if you wanted some cold medicine, you just or not just cold medicine, but batteries, you you just had to say, you know, point to the picture and be like, can you get these, you know, AA batteries out of the back? Which is just, a, you know, sort of a tragic and depressing situation all around. Um, uh, so, you know, why, why not just, you know, you're just uh, effectively ordering online at that point. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, how, you know, is, is DC crime totally out of control? Is it like a, you know, it's, is it like the 80s and the 90s where, you know, they're, you know, the murder capital of the world? Uh, it's not that for sure. I mean, but the fact that, you know, crime has gone down across the country severely and then DC's having more crime is not great. So there's a lot of layers to what's going on. And that's why this this topic is a good one, because um, not only is it, you know, oh, this is something that's, you know, it's happening in, in multiple cities like San Francisco Um but there's a lot of like, is it is it that crazy? Is it that bad? What's actually happening? I mean, because there are people le- leaving the city, people, you know, but people leave the city all the time. And is it is the crime just driving them out? Is it really horrendous or is it just worse than it could be? Or or in general, like in general, it's, it does seem like uh, there's there's some bad stuff that's happening. And um, and. And so, like, you know, why would the U.S. attorney for D.C. just not prosecute crime? And that's just like such a crazy thing for them to do. Like, they, you know, do they not want to do their job? Are they not interested in upholding the law? And, um, and what their defense has been is that, you know, a lot of these cases were not good cases. And which is an interesting statement. And I think uh, the U.S. attorney for D.C. already said that um, Matt, Matt Graves, uh, he already said that there's a lot of layers to this to this topic. So and which I think is a sort of a telling statement. And we'll get so maybe also backing up a little bit more on that is that D.C. is also unique for how it uh, the, the court system 
because you know it's seat of federal government, and that the D.C. courts, uh, the the federal court for D.C. Um, the, you know the the you know the U.S. government, not the D.C. government, actually prosecutes a lot of local crime. Uh, so you know they're they're prosecuting the shootings, the the stabbings, the robberies, and things like that. That that's the federal government uh, doing that. They it's like something like I don't know what the percentages are, but it's got to be like seventy five percent of it they prosecute. There is, um, uh, the, you know, the attorney general for D.C which is run by the city, uh, the OAG, Office of the Attorney General. Uh, it's uh, Brian uh, Schaub at the time. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing his last name there. Uh, that he, you know, they pr- prosecute. It's like a, a much smaller amount. It's usually a lot of juvenile crime. There's a lot of sort of like there's kind of a blurry line between which ones they get versus the feds get. Uh, but for the most part, all these issues seem to be with the federal courts. Um, the the trends of declining prosecution rates don't appear to be happening with the OAG, but they only prosecute a you know a small percentage of those, and therefore, um, it, it's not super relevant to the topic at hand. Uh, but just it's good to clarify, and that there's something interesting about, and it'll come up about why it's important that it's federal courts that are uh, declining to prosecute. But, you know, these are the same courts that, like, Matt Graves, he's also, you know, involved in a lot of the Hunter Biden uh, prosecution stuff. Like, it's, uh, like, all these other federal things, these financial crimes, uh, or anything that's, you know, sort of, it's in D.C., you know, why, you know, because of the events happened in D.C., whether it's, you know, you know, petty, you know, stabbing a shooting, robbery, that sort of thing, or these sort of larger things, it's, you know, a lot of it's handled by the feds. So, um, you know, in the numbers are mainly coming from the annual reports. So, you know, the court systems, you know, published, you know, uh, and it's a lot of great data in those about like how many cases they brought to trial, how many were su- su- successful in conviction, how many were plea deals, and it's good to sort of get a little understanding of, you know, legal, legal statistics that sort of like you have a number of crimes that happen. And usually that, that data is at the, you know, the, the police level that they, they've, you know, crimes that are reported, like say a number of house, you know, robberies that happen in a year. And then a number of, you know, uh, they arrests that they have related to those crimes. And then of those arrests, you know, how many become, uh, are papered, that is, you know, they, they think they have enough evidence to go move forward with a, you know, a conviction of some sort, you know, and then how many of those uh, that are papered lead to a trial versus a plea deal or, 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 or dropped at all uh, or declined to prosecute. And then of those that go to trial, how many of those end in conviction versus mistrial versus dismissal or uh, so, you know, it's like this like percentage of a percentage of a percentage. So that's that's sort of like a lot of what legal statistics is all about, like that sort of how many from the total possible, you know, crimes that are happening, how many eventually lead to somebody 
going to jail or you know paying a fine or whatever whatever the outcome of it is and um mainly what we're talking about when we're talking about prosecution rates is the number of you know there's a it's it's been papered they they believe they have the person responsible for the crime the the police do and that uh that the the courts to say uh we're not going to move forward with it uh, with a trial or a, a plea deal and in general, it's mainly about the trials, that this is something that we found out in investigative economics, that it's not being detailed otherwise. It's mainly the trial cases that are going down. There's been really no change in the number of plea deals going, that that's been pretty consistent. And so, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean just that, like, uh, that if they have all the, the evidence to, to make a plea, they go with it, but if maybe if the evidence is shaky... This is sort of like maybe getting to uh, what some uh, what uh, Graves was saying about like it was the quality of the cases at at stake there, um, but yeah, the plea deals have not changed much, and what sort of started it all was that the conviction rates were going down, and this uh, this is back in you know sort of 2010 to 2013, um, and it, this is like you know felony these are serious crimes. Uh, it, We'll get into, you know, the difference, you know, the details between felonies and misdemeanors, the trends between those that, that they don't necessarily line up, but a lot of times they are. We're talking about both of them, um, you know, and just to sort of background, of course, you know, felonies are, you know, serious crimes. Misdemeanors are more petty crimes. Um, I, I probably won't try to sort of get the, you know, sort of legal definition of each that there's... Um, I think that's sufficient for now because I don't want to. I don't want to say something inaccurate about that. Um, but yeah, but we're talking the, these conviction rates going down. It's for misdemeanors. It, it it starts with felonies, but it applies to both of them. Uh, it's it's we're, it's homicides. It's uh, you know severe assaults. The uh, you know attempted homicide. That's that sort of stuff. So at first, the conviction rates start going down. That the they are losing cases. They're bringing the cases, but they're losing them, which is, that's a big deal. Uh, if you're, you know, you know, these are major, if it's a major case, and that's a lot of time and money and effort that gets put into building a case, all the paperwork, all the, you know, the, the detective work, the research, the sort of interviewing, could be months, could be years. Uh, and for them to, to be losing these cases, um, if you lose 10 cases in a year uh, that you wouldn't have otherwise, that's a huge deal. And it's also sort of, you know, a morale thing that like, I think, it, you know, a lot of times that, uh, you know, court, you know, prosecutors, they, they don't want to bring cases that they're going to lose um, for those reasons, just that it's such wasted effort that could be put towards uh, that, you know, cases that they are going to win. And uh, and that the, in general they they want to because of that they'll sort of make sure that they choose only those cases that they're going to you know, be successful at. So that's what happens at first. And some of this also the decline uh, was not noted in uh, annual reports distinctly. It's that you could see a little bit of it happening in the annual reports, but what's actually been uh, eye-opening is that. Um, 
a FOIA inf- FOIA information coming from um, uh, the ANC ANC B representative for DC. So ANC is the Advisory Neighborhood uh, is it Committee or Council? Uh, I think it's Committee. It's like the the super local representatives of these uh, of different wards in DC. Um, there's you know there's like maybe like eight to uh, a particular ward. Um, they usually don't have a lot of power. It's you sort of like, you know, uh, business, local businesses sort of, you know, go to them. It's like a lot about liquor licenses and noise complaints and things like that. But they do have some, you know, represent, you know, some, some powers to sort of access information. And the one for uh, the, the ANSI B, uh, I forget which, which sub uh, ANC representative uh, they are, but uh, they, they're doing a fantastic job in that they uh, got FOIA Freedom of Information Act uh, data about the prosecution rates for individual crimes, um, and they the like the top top crimes for um, like felonies, particularly homicides and sexual assaults and some other things like that. Um, and that that showed a, a severe drop in um, conviction rates and some other things uh, that it wasn't just like a little bit that was showing up in the annual reports. No, it, they, it dropped about um, like 10, 20 percent. Uh, homicides went from uh, conviction rate for homicides went from almost 90 percent down to below 30% in 2015. So like, this is a huge, like they're losing a lot. Um, That's just, I mean, it's just crazy to fathom. And that what's happening, the annual reports weren't showing it because, you know, it's sort of a lot of it's blended with other crimes that maybe they're felonies, but, you know, like less severe felonies. Um, And that, but when you look at homicide by itself, you're like, wow, because there's not that that many homicides and that when but they are important to be prosecuted for sure and that when you drop you know 60 percentage points uh within a few years those are major cases that are putting a lot of effort and time into and they're losing them all over the place um and the fact that that didn't come out for i think the foia documents didn't come out till like you know, 2019, 2020 or something like that. Uh, at least that's when they were uh, publishing them online. Uh, that that wasn't known about at the time, that that wasn't a big deal. Like, hey, the, the U.S. attorney for D.C. is just l- losing cases left and right. They're wasting time, wasting resources. Um, and potentially, you know, this idea that, well, maybe a lot of murderers are going free. I mean, uh I mean, you know, they could be that they are bringing terrible cases against the wrong people or something like that. But then, you know, what about the, the you know, maybe the, the real killers are going free. Um, it, it opens up just like a Pandora's box of a lot of other questions there. Here's the list of the other crimes that were in the um, that severe decline in conviction rates um, that were going down a lot. Uh, first degree sexual abuse and child sexual abuse, theft one unauthorized use of a vehicle. I think that's a lot of the, the carjacking stuff uh, uh, falls under that one. Um, aggravated assault, robbery, 
uh, and all these, these these felony crimes that just went from eighty percent, ninety percent, some some of the seventy percent conviction rates to you know maybe thirty percent, forty percent. They were just losing all over the place. But okay, so that that sort of came out, and that you know. At the time, people were just seeing a slow decline in uh, in the annual reports, being like, "Oh, well, they're they're losing a little bit more each year. That's that's not great." But you know, sort of seeing these FOIA numbers, you're like, "Wow, no, they're losing a lot." So what happens after that is that uh, that uh, that's sort of uh, that it, in the details from the FOIA documents that hadn't been sort of uh, sort of revealed before that that's in investigative economics is that. Again, the plea deals are going are, are doing fine. It's and that's why uh, you know that's also sort of like covers up some of the numbers there. Is that they just also stopped bringing trial cases? Um, they they must have. The implication is that they were losing so much that they're just sort of like, well, we're just not even going to bring a case uh, for a lot of these these crimes. And that um, that what the number of case, trials with no disposition. That it means no, like sometimes they're bringing trial cases and they're just like, there's no end to it. Or they're, they don't, they're, maybe they're just like sitting on it. Like they don't know what to do with it. Uh, that those start going up as well. Like beginning 20, 2013 into 2015, the, the, like it's number of homicide cases where there's just no disposition goes from like less than 10 to uh, almost 60. That a lot of these, they're, not only are they not bringing trial cases, but they're the trial cases that they do bring. They're just kind of sitting on, um, and it, that's if for all those other charges. Um, that the, the just the number of cases. Uh, what is it? There's sorry. I want to get this one number out because this is in the 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 story, but I'm forgetting what it was. Um, trial conviction rates. In 2015, none of those crimes that I mentioned before had a conviction rate above six percent. That is just crazy. I mean, that is just uh, that is just ridiculous. Um, in 2015, there were no homicide cases that ended with a suspect being found guilty. In in, tw- in 2010, there were 34. You know, this is homicide, so like the numbers aren't shouldn't be super high, but. So 34 is a, a substantial number. I mean, it's also bad if there's a lot of homicides, and, but, you know, you want them to be, you know, uh, somebody to be found guilty for it. Uh, but the fact that zero, zero cases led to somebody being found guilty in 2015, which is absolutely just nuts. It's just so crazy. I mean, so what's going on with that? I mean, uh, you know, Back, you know, the number of homicides, supposedly, according to sort of FBI numbers, has just been going up in recent years in D.C. That's, uh, you know, for years and years, it's been going down sharply since the, since the you know, the mid-90s. Everybody kind of knows that, you know, the, the late 80s to the early 90s, you know, crime in, in, in the inner cities was just, go, was just off, the, off the charts. That crack epidemic... It was going crazy. People were just getting murdered. There was a murder a day in D.C., in Baltimore, um, New York. Um, 
it's just a bloodbath, you know, and uh, the U.S. had multiple cities that were the murder capitals of the world, that it was just absolutely crazy, and that in 1994, a little bit earlier from New York City, that those numbers started coming down fast. Um, and there's a lot, been a lot of sort of contentious debate about what it was that drove it. Uh, I actually wrote a story about sort of how it was sort of like the uh, cocaine markets uh, most likely played a, um, uh, a, a was a huge factor in that. I mean, the crack trade um, obviously was connected to a lot of the the, the shootings. Um, there's been a million other sort of excuses about that. Uh, or I can't. Uh, the the book Freakonomics is such a garbage book. Uh, I hope I can't believe that that is a that was a bestseller for years and years and years. But they they put out that ridiculous nonsense about the that the abortion rates, uh, that the legalization of abortion uh, led to the drop in crime because of the timing of it. Uh, there's all 18 year olds. It's just just such a horrible uh, theory that has like no real legitimate basis for it that it's assuming that just like oh there are these unwanted children and that uh, I, I, I hate to even talk about it because I feel like everything in that book is just absolute garbage and uh, it the fact that it was a bestseller in this country for years and years and years is just like an insult to our intellect um, I, I actually wrote another story about uh, sort of TED Talks a million years ago and about uh, what's the guy who wrote the Freakonomics has like this TED Talk about um, uh, baby safety seats that's just uh, just also terrible and just everything he writes is terrible and, it, I, and he should be ashamed that he's uh, as successful as he is. Um, well, anyhow, so about that, yeah, so that, you know, crime rates and, and murder rates have been going down for years and years and years uh, since 1994, effectively, for, for D.C., and that it, and it hit uh, sort of a bottom in, uh, in the last 10 years, and it started to go back up. Uh, this is, you know, FBI homicide statistics, um, and that it's sort of, like, unique to D.C. There's a couple, maybe a few other places that it's happening, Um don't exactly know why it's not like um, you know the cocaine markets have come back. It's um, you know fentanyl certainly is a thing, uh, but uh, but it, it's not. It hasn't been sort of explained a lot. And but so there's these reported homicides that are happening, and now we're seeing that like oh prosecution rates are are declining. So it definitely sets off alarm bells. And that's what, you know, there's that the DC crime facts uh, substack has been all over this being like, you know, why aren't they, why aren't these being prosecuted? What's going on in the city here? Um, and, and to be honest, it, 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 the layers keep going because you're sort of like, what is exactly happening? Um, uh, if, if there's a lot of, you know, if, if people are just like being murdered and getting away with it, that's just like the worst possible situation. And, and I, I mean, I, I'm a little skeptical of that that's true of the case. I mean, it's sort of like when, uh, if it's happening all over the place, I'm skeptical that it's happening all over the place, that there's possibly, you know, some legitimate cases that are being lost uh, and that that's even like a one, a one major homicide. If, if there is like a person who is, 
it's, you know, the police feel like they have a really good case of a single homicide and that case gets lost. Uh, it's a tragedy. I mean, it's because it's, it is, you know, somebody murdering somebody and getting away with it. Um, but is that happening all over the place? I, it just doesn't seem like that's totally the case. So, um, so some other things about what's happening in DC is that, uh, that we, we had another story about, um, bench warrants, uh, that, that, uh, that, so this is maybe, was it about a year ago that a congressional representative was attacked in the sort of lobby of their condo building by some kind of like crazed homeless guy. And what came out about it was that, uh, I mean, she wasn't like, she, I think she wound up being fine, but like, it's, you know, pretty scary. And, uh, some for, you know, a congressional representative to have to deal with something like that. That's, that's pretty insane. Um, that you kind of want that Washington DC being the seat of all these powerful people that they shouldn't have to worry about like their, you know, sort of ongoing safety in these situations. Um, that, uh, that the guy who was arrested had like something ridiculous, like 12 active bench warrants. That means, you know, that he's wanted for a bunch of different crimes that he was never, never brought to trial for. Maybe he was arrested and let go. Um, and that, but 12 times, that's just like crazy. Like, oh, maybe, you know, he's maybe somebody, somebody can have like a couple bench warrants and be like, well, you know, they were arrested for a crime and they, it was kind of something small and therefore they just didn't put him in jail, uh, but let him out. Uh, and therefore, and he just skipped out on the trial and that can happen maybe a couple times, but 12 times that, um, that DC, you know, it sort of gets into the story about like all the, uh, the cities that are doing away with cash bail, that this idea that, um, it's, you know, it's a burden on those who can't afford it, who just, you know, people who are poor, just, you know, uh, that uh, they're just, they're being put in jail for being poor, essentially. And that uh, there's this push to drop cash bail across the country in all these cities. Um, and that the D.C. has actually had very little, a very lenient approach to bail for, for going back years and years and years. You, you have to understand that there's a lot of detail, you know, like it's sometimes it's up to the discretion of the judge. It's not just like, oh, everybody gets uh, is no, nobody's ever put in, in jail while awaiting pretrial, you know, in pretrial situation that um, uh, that uh, that it's like there's reasons it's like this or that. And therefore, if it's a super serious charge and therefore it's up to the judge, yada, yada, yada. But in general, DC has a very lenient approach to uh, putting people in jail in the pretrial period. And, but that means that a lot of people just can sort of skip out on their, uh, their trial. And, and it's not, you'd think that like, oh, you skip out on a trial, you have a warrant out for your arrest uh, for, you know, skipping the trial and whatever the original crime was. But, you know, a few times in, they'll be like, okay, now you, now you really got to stay in jail because you're a flight risk constantly because you've missed it so many times. But if somebody has 12 bench warrants, then you're sort of like, e gads, that they're really just not doing anything about this. And you could just sort of 
commit petty crimes forever and ever and ever, and even whether you get caught or not doesn't really matter. Um, and that there's probably a lot of that happening. And so what, what uh, the investigative economic story noted about this is that um, there are tons and tons of active warrants in, in D.C., and that about 12,000 of them are, are, that's the number that are currently active, uh, but the vast majority of them came from uh, 2016, that uh, for whatever reason, about f- over 400 were issued that year alone, which um, that's, is about four times the previous average, uh, which is about like 114 a year. Um, and it's just for 2016. It was almost 2016 and 2017, sorry. So those two years, and then it's back to what it was on average. So something happened in those years that is is unique. It's like they, they realized they forgot to put a, out a bench warrants for all these people that are skipping trials, that they're sort of like, wait, wait a second, nobody's showing up here. We're not doing anything about it. Um, how that there's a there's a sort of a question about how that leads into all the prosecu- declining prosecution rates. Um, I mean, it, what it makes it seem is like e, a that like there's, somebody's not paying attention very much, and that, you know they should be issuing these warrant. Uh, they should have been issuing these warrants uh, in previous years. Um, but it also seems like I don't know. Sometimes there just seems like there's a whole charade that's going on there. That, or at least this is what I hope it is. <laughs> this is sort of me, a lot of speculation here, is that maybe it, it's either A, there's a lot of crime that's just, it, you know, crime that's, people are committing crimes left and right, homicides, assaults all over the place, and the prosecutors are just not doing anything about it, or they're, they're losing cases, and that's just like a free-for-all crime spree going on in the city, which could possibly be true or it's true in some respects um i also wonder if there's like some charade that's going on that's just sort of like well some of these are crimes but are they actually it's like somebody's committing crimes just to sort of like for something else that they are they weren't actually good cases that like sort of getting back to what graves was saying that like yeah somebody committed a crime but then and they're being charged with it but then the witnesses disappear. It's like they they wanted to be caught, but then everything falls apart. It's like it's all sort of just a setup for nothing. That's just a total speculation. That's me just having no idea what what to make of all of this because I really don't want to believe that it's just it's Murderville, uh, constant Murderville all the time here. Um, so it's it's it it is crazy. Um, and that it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, so I'll sort of leave it at that. That you know, these conviction rates and the prosecution rates are all falling apart. The the, the U.S. Attorney for D.C. Matt Graves he seems to be optimistic that they're um, they're turning things around. That they're just like he he doesn't mind the criticism. Uh, so maybe that's a bit of optimism if you can believe him. Uh, and that uh, hopefully, hopefully things will be getting better. Uh, knock on wood. And um, yeah, we'll leave it at that.